Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number 56 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about fossils. Fossils. That's what you and me, right? (laughs) I feel like an ancient fossil. (laughs) (laughs) We've never covered anything like this before. Usually we're talking about consumer goods that people can go out and find at garage sales and, and that sort of thing. So let's pause for a minute and explain to listeners who are unfamiliar with the topic, the difference between uh, fossils and artifacts and things like arrowheads uh, or minerals and gems. What, what's the difference in those? Well, I it's funny because I think we could do a whole episode on, on arrowheads because right. that is a super interesting topic. Mm-hmm. And I know um, from experience how arrowheads... Um, can be profitable. However, on fossils, they're different from arrowheads because the arrowheads were carved and made or or formed to go on the end of some of a stick or something. Right. But fossils are natural, mm-hmm. natural type of formations of a a creature or a flower or a right. Right. some type of vegetation got stuck in the mud. <laughs> Or died and laid there and got covered up by layers of sediment. And, and over time, the the bones of the skeleton, just the, the chemical composition changed. The bones were filled with minerals, and, and that's what fossilization is. Now, according to uh, one of my young nieces, I, I qualify in that. But I have yet to be lying around long enough to absorb that much in minerals. (laughs) And in dealing with fossils, have you ever run across fossils of any kind at yard sales, garage sales, auctions, anything like that? I have, Wayne. I, I do see them, actually. I think every treasure hunt I've been on, I've seen somebody have a booth with fossils. Mm hmm and I've also seen them at garage sales if they would be like um, in a basket or something. I have seen them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really interesting topic. That's why I had thought it would be a fun topic for us because there's a lot of opportunity with making money off of rocks. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. When I was researching for the, for the podcast, I saw lots of posts on forums talking about how much money you could make selling these rocks and which ones were profitable. And when I say rocks, I don't actually mean rocks. I mean the fossils associated with them. And But the the big sticking point for me is I'm not sure that I could tell one fossil from another fossil. Mm-hmm. My skill set in uh, repair and restoration enables me to spot fakes. I can mm-hmm. spot a fake in a minute. 
but uh, I can't tell a tribolite from trouble. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? Now that you mention that, Wayne, I have read about fakes mm -hmm. on, on fossils that were um, made of some type of plastic substance to make it look like rock. Right. Yeah, so if it's per picture perfect, <laughs> if you find a picture perfect fossil, chances are it's too good to be true. And that's why you have to interview the person selling it. Yeah, well, provenance, of course, is, is crucial if you're going to be dealing in these things. Many of the times that I ran into fossils was in my work as, as an appraiser, uh, estate auctioneer, that kind of thing. I'd go to, go to an estate and organize a sale and find that the decedent had a huge collection of fossils, minerals, whatever it was they wanted to collect. But nobody knew about him, and of course the decedent wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, there was a balancing act there I'd, in trying to find out what these were and and what they might be worth uh, in order to do justice to the uh, to the estate to the sellers. And my go-to after a while was that I would photograph these things and send them out to. Uh, a place that deals in fossils and sells them and that sort of thing and just see if they'd make me an offer because depending mm -hmm. on whatever they would offer I knew that they were leaving themselves room to make a profit of course I never knew what that was but I would run the offer by the, the, the estate executor and if it was okay with them then uh, I'd just take the offer and, and sell it via private treaty instead of auction mm-hmm yeah, that's, that's a good strategy. Mm -hmm. I like that. I know for me, I had, um, as a kid, probably when I was 10, my mother and father and I would have, um, we'd each have a big uh, metal bucket, and we would go fossil hunting in the Mazan Creek area. So I grew up in, in that area. Il Illinois. Right? In Illinois, correct. And there was, um, it, I guess at the time, I didn't even know <laughs> how important or how how cool it was to look for these. You know, I was annoyed. I can remember being annoyed that we're going hunting for rocks. But <laughs> it was a fun family outing, I will admit. But I still to this day have buckets of, of rocks that need to be cut open and so it was fun when we went back to the house and mom would get the hammer and and tap tap around the rocks and then mm -hmm. they'd open up and sure enough we'd find a fossil inside and I think that that type of um, outing is really fun as a family mm -hmm. you know if you the unfortunately my mother and father you know they were young parents so unfortunately they didn't go through like they should have we should have brought books with and and looked up and did more education on top of how to identify fossils right that that would have been the that would have been a key point i think mm -hmm. educational wise now years later when i got into ebay and I stumbled upon a listing that sold for quite a bit of money. I think it was in the news. 
and it sold for quite a bit of money and it was a fossil from the Bazan Creek area. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got a lot of those. So I pulled a couple out, tapped them open, and sure enough, I had some interesting, uh, some were just with leaves or flowers and others had interesting, uh, I don't know, they look like snails with legs. I don't know what they were, some type of a centipede. Right. But I didn't know how to identify them. So I actually bought one of those pocketbooks. Do you remember pocketbooks? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so you could get a pocketbook on a lot of topics. Mm -hmm. And I found one on fossils. So I kept that pocketbook for years. And I would just look up, anytime I ran across something, I would look it up a fossil in that pocketbook. Because we all know that if we can identify it properly and give it those proper names, we're going to make more money. Oh, sure. Those keywords. Sure. Was the effort that you put into studying and learning about them, uh, was there a return on your investment or, or were you mainly doing it out of curiosity? It started off as curiosity, I'll admit. I was, you know, curious to see if I had that that golden fossil. <laughs> <laughs> but I can remember, um, you know, these are the early, just, you know, beanie babies started dying down and, and started looking at other, other types of interests. And I, I do recall that I, I sold a couple of them for $75, $80. And then some of them I realized were not as valuable. And then I just got bored with it. So I still have the rocks in my garage that I haven't tapped open, and someday I'll do that with the grandkids. Right. But I think that it's a wonderful hobby, mm -hmm. and I think that it's fun to be a part of, you know, it's like dinosaur hunting. Right, exactly. Now, I'm not familiar with um, fossil hunting throughout the country, mm -hmm. so I guess... You know, if you have um, different, depends where you live mm -hmm. and the availability of um, finding them could be mm -hmm. limited. What do, what do you think? Do you think you, well, no matter there, where there, you live? There are strong collectors communities all over the country. For example, I used to take my wife and uh, two boys we lived on the Chesapeake Bay. We used to take them into southern Maryland, further down the bay, to a place called Calvert Cliffs. Now, there's there's a whole col uh, club of collectors who go down to Calvert Cliffs and give fossil hunting tours. So they're all over the place. I mean, okay. the, the, the earth was once covered with animals and insects and flora and fauna and when they died and laid there long enough and got covered up by dirt, uh, many of them are fossilized today. When I was uh, an art auctioneer on cruise ships, one of my favorite ports was Tallinn, Estonia. And when I saw it, when I, I never knew, of, I'd never given any thought to Estonia. When I first saw it on the itinerary, I thought it was a fuel stop. But Tallinn mm -hmm. is just probably my favorite one of my favorite places in the world it's got an old world sensibility to it it's uh, the building many of the buildings and and the walls around the city are from date to the middle ages 
and the one of the most in-demand items for tourists are made from amber. And you frequently see amber with you know, mosquitoes and insects uh, trapped in the amber. Uh, and of course, amber comes from sticky sap on a tree and that sort of thing, and, and then it all becomes fossilized. But this beautiful amber work there. I, I so wanted to buy, it was a model of uh, a tall ship, sailing ship, multi-masted, and oh, it was just beautiful. Even the ropes were made of amber. Oh, neat. And it was just, you know, but I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm not going home for uh, probably four or five months. How am I going to keep this <laughs> thing, transport this on and off and from ship to ship without breaking something? So, so I didn't buy it. But if I ever go back there, uh, which would be nice to do, then I will probably buy one. Okay, Dana, this is a good spot to take a break. We will pause here for a word from our sponsor. Dealers, you don't have to build your own reference library. WorthPoint has done it for you. With WorthPoint's digital library, you can access over 1,000 books on antiques and collectibles in one convenient place. Find the info you need quickly. Search books by title or author or subject. Dig deep using a keyword search. Don't waste time digging through pages of Google results. Get there quicker with WorthPoint. For a seven-day, seven-look-up free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're talking about flipping, of all things, fossils. Let's pick up where we left off. But yeah, I, I, I think that fossils can be found anywhere if you know where to look and you're equipped. Uh, as far as finding them on the resale market, mm -hmm. at estate sales and auctions and that kind of thing, uh, you really kind of want uh, provenance. The the best thing that I could do when I was would start an estate auction and face with that sort of thing is I would take the box into a closet or a dark room or something and whip out my trusty black light. The black light I carry with me is one of the most effective picking tools that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can spot uh, repairs. Like if if someone's taken an epoxy and filled in an empty spot or rebuilt a spot uh, or tried to fake something, if it's got little pinholes in it from the epoxy drying or if it's been painted uh, or touched up, uh, if you hit it with a black light, all of those repairs are going to sure. just glow. So that's a good way to tell if you've got a fake one. And it's probably the best way for a novice to find out if they're looking at something that's been faked. That's a great tip. Yeah, I can, I know as a Girl Scout, when we would go to nature centers and hiking, they would have displays of fossils at the nature centers. Sure, yeah. So that's another good way to, if you really want to, you know, become educated and familiar to find yourself a nature center that has a display so you can go start looking at them so that you'll develop that eye for what to buy right and then when you go to the flea market and they somebody has them out laying on the table and they don't really know what they are either right. and that's when you'll be able to spot what's what's hot and what's not so when you're out at a sale and you run across these 
how would you know whether you want to buy them? Because my initial reaction in a situation like that is be is that I would skip it. Would you? Yeah, I wouldn't buy it to try to flip it. I'd skip it. And the reason is that I don't have enough knowledge about the topic uh, to be assured that I would make a profit on something that I'd buy. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I can understand that. I may skip it. However, I love a challenge. <laughs> I'm very competitive and I, I, I enjoy the research. And as part of the hunt, I think that the research is um, a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. if I spot something and I see some formation in a rock and they're not sure what it is and I'm not sure what it is, I will do a quick a quick research on on eBay and on WorthPoint looking for specimens. Mm -hmm. um, there's some words specimens is a is a keyword that you could use to help look up types of fossils and then formations um, whatever you see on the rock, the type of formations, and I can't even pronounce, <laughs> you know, trilobite and all of these words, I can't pronounce them all. And I don't have to, I don't have to be able to pronounce them and I don't have to be an expert about them, but I can research and I can use, um, Google, the Google, Goggles. I, mm -hmm. I don't think they're called goggles. <laughs> uh, Google identification, where you take a picture of something and it'll and search Google. Drag and drop, right? Image search. Yeah, I have that on my phone. And mm -hmm. so you could zoom in and try to do that. And then that's how that will help you get maybe some keywords. And once you get that keyword in there, then you can go to um, eBay and WorthPoint and look up what they look like, what more mm -hmm. of them look like, and then try to determine whether it's worth the investment. And it's interesting too, when, when I was learning about them early on, if they had, if they were complete, if the skull of the creature was part of it, versus um, maybe the fossil got cut off and it didn't finish the, the whole body, it didn't finish forming the whole body, right. then the value just went down. Right. So if you have a complete creature that you can see the, you know, the whole body, you're gonna, it's going to be more valuable. Right. One of uh, my go-tos, and, and they are still around they've been around probably 30 years it's a website called fossil land f-o-s-s-i-l-e-n-d dot com and they do appraisals and sales and they have a page on their website where if you have fossils that you want to sell they buy them uh, you can take pictures or whatever their process is and send them to them and uh, they'll make you an offer. And I think that's uh, that's certainly a good good resource and a good way to find out what they might be worth. There's uh, also a website that I like. It's called 
Collector's Secret. And they have a page titled Top 100 Fossil Auctions. And uh, it's, it's like any online auction site. But there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of items for sale on that website. And the nice thing about that website is most of the people who sell on this site know what they've got. Mm -hmm. So you, I would trust this site a lot more than eBay. There are eBay sellers who really know a lot about the topic and uh, are good collectors and they're good at analyzing these things. But there's all, there's probably just as many who don't know a thing about it. And uh, sure. so you just have to be really careful. Yes, and I noticed that there was some with um, that show the vertebrae. Mm -hmm. And when they have, um, I see some on eBay that are huge. I mean, it's like, how, where did they find these, these gigantic right. natural whole fossilized minerals that are just humongous that look like giant snails? Right. Well, and of course, they, they sell for thousands of dollars, too. So there are other issues involved with, with finding these and, and collecting them. And I've never heard of anyone getting arrested for finding, uh, for picking up a fossilized uh, insect or something like that. And when I used to take my boys down to Calvert Cliffs, uh, they carried a little bag and they would put their finds in the bag. But for larger animals or parts of animals, you have to be really careful because there are laws surrounding all of that. The, the, the fossil in the United States it's my understanding that, that a fossil, if it's on your land, it's yours. But if it's on somebody else's land, it gets a little complicated. You have to uh, get their permission. You have to essentially enter into a contract about how it's going to use, be used and, and if it's sold, how much money each party gets. Uh, yeah, there are legal issues surrounding that. As far as I know, you can't take things from state parks, national parks, because uh, it's just against the, the park's rules to do things like that. So anyone that wants to go out and search for these and, and find them with the, the hopes of collecting or reselling needs to be careful and cautious about where they're going and, and what they're going to do with it. Great tip. Great tip, Wayne. I know so if you want want to get a little bit of an idea about some photos, you could just go to eBay and do take a look at sold listings and type in fossil. Now, if you type in fossil, however, you are going to get fossil watches mm. <laughs> and fossil purses and handbags. So you have to um, check the category under rocks, fossils, and minerals so that right. you can search properly. And once you adjust it to that category, then it's it's fun. It's fun to go look at. I mean, we're talking five thousand, six thousand, thousands of dollars. Of course, some of them are dinosaur fossils, but mm -hmm. but you never know what what you'll find. And especially if you're out, you know, say you're going to take the family out hiking um, along a creek or something, then you definitely will learn learn what kind of things to look for. Well, field guides are always a good idea. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Wayne, if you go to a, a yard sale and they've got a box sitting there with fossils and arrowheads and miscellaneous things and they they are asking one one box lot price for them all, I would definitely get them and then bring them home and, and have the fun to sort through them and maybe get out the hammer and tap open a few rocks and you never know what what kind of treasure you'll find inside. Well, it does sound like a fun hobby. And if I was curious in that direction, I might be willing to do that. And you clearly have more curiosity in that direction <laughs> than I do. I do. I like to make money, Wayne, you know, so <laughs> I, I like to increase the odds for a few extra dollars, you know. Good. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But I think that it's an interesting topic. And also, I think we will definitely put some fossil examples on our Instagram page. That would be good. Yeah, we'll put some pictures up. So for those listening, our Instagram is, it's Instagram.com slash Flip It or Skip It Podcast. So it's all one word, flip it or skip it podcast. And you can find us on Instagram. Super. So here's one of those uh, a few times when you and I have a difference of opinion. You would see those and you would uh, buy them and flip them. I would see those and walk the other way. Skip. I would skip, skip, skip it. That's skip right. Skip to my loo. That's right. <laughs> okay, Dana. That's about it. I'm looking at the fossil clock on the wall, and it says that it's time to go. We only have about a millennium left. So we'll pick this up another time, maybe talk about arrowheads or something related. And uh, that's it for today. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wayne. Rock on. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Point.